welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide of the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form, I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're covering... All-Star Superman, Heart Dose. If you haven't listened to our first part of the episode... Then get off and go listen to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll do some flashbacks just because there was a lot in that first issue that doesn't pay off until this one. But uh, before we get any further, I would like to make a note. Uh, This morning it was announced that Comics Alliance is no longer going to be producing new content. It's only going to continue to exist as a hub for its former articles and... Uh, for screen fresh content, which is a tragedy for, yeah, like for so long, they've been the only site that's actually been brave enough to offer solid criticism, to look at new artists and talent in a way that other sites really don't, and to really be a force for quality entertainment. I've met a lot of friends through the site, I've read a lot of good stuff, and I think I've become a better person from the site. I mean, you know that uh, James Leask from our brother spinoff podcast, Exiled, writes for the site, right? Wrote for the site. Well, yeah, because he says it every episode. I pay attention, Luke. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you also don't listen to podcasts after we record them, so... Well, that's true, but but, yeah. I, but James says it during the podcast. Mm-hmm. But, like, that site has been part of the reason that I am where I am in comics. I mean, I don't want to imagine the horrifying universe where I just got all my news from Bleeding Cool instead, or joined up on some shitty CBR forums. So, to everyone who is now without work and... For all those articles that will never really be completed, like the Transmetropolitan series that they've been doing, uh, I I just wish all of you good luck, and you're all talented people, so this is not the end, but I, I'm sorry that it had to be a ending. Now on to happy things like Superman dying. Or the fact that Marvel's uh, bringing so back their a, old school uh, thingy. We're getting our digital codes back. That's a comic book news thing that you can say that's happy. Not really, because they also said a bunch of other really shitty things in the uh, press junket about that. Uh, I like, didn't actually read the said, whole thing. Oh, yeah, no, Axel Alonso is a piece of shit. So. Why would he do now? Yeah, it probably shouldn't be... Uh, he said that pretty much it's not worth trying to advertise to minorities and just a bunch of really, really stupid stuff. Like, there's this weird polarity shift where when Marvel's doing well, DC's doing bad, and when DC's doing well, Marvel's doing bad as far as a, like, social media take, like, Three, four years ago, there used to be the what is DC fucked up today? And now you could easily replace it with Marvel with all the just really dumb stuff that they had. They also said that people don't buy books for artists anymore. 
when I will say, if nothing else, there have been artists who have prevented me from buying books from writers that I like. So. Because you didn't like the art? I don't like the artist. Oh. Or the art. Yeah. And no, Marvel has to do a lot more. I will say, I will support that partially because every time a new series is announced, you always want to know what the team is. That doesn't bother me quite in the same way. Well, we also have different views. I mean, you're more accepting of Greg Landwork. Yes. Greg Landwork is fine. But it's not great. And there are great artists who can't get work while he's getting regular work. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't suck from like that point, but I'm not going to drop books like over that yeah. art. They haven't done anything that makes me want to buy The only artist who will ever again. get me to buy their book on a consistent basis is Phil Noto. I will buy whatever that man's doing. You know, I'm reading more and more DC... Like, there was the really weird uh, fifth week specials this time, where it was like the crossovers with uh, Suicide Squad and the Banana Splits, or Future Quest and Adam Strange. And the two of them that I read, those two I mentioned, were really fun. I was going to say, the only thing I got this week was Man-Thing and Captain Marvel. Wish Captain Carol was good. Man-Thing, haven't read yet. Hmm. I like the last well, one, though. I like R.L. Stein. Well, last time in comics... and Well, that's one of the other... Yeah, I'm, I'm getting totally off point now. No, and let's this go with this. Gonna Are we going to fight about R.L. Stein? It's not necessarily fighting about R.L. Stein, but it's going to be an argument about Marvel not bringing in any new talent the same way that DC's been doing. Like, they'll try one or two artists but they really restrict them or they really strip away a lot of uh, what creators had wanted to bring as far as like sexuality like when they made Hercules a straight up straight dude which does not make canonical sense oh yeah no yeah no like a lot of that's Marvel editorial plus there's the fact that the guy who runs the company has donated a massive amount of money to Trump. Oh, yeah. I remember when that happened. Well, and it's happened a few other times, just not as big. So, I I don't know. I'm, I'm comparing big companies to big companies, and I don't necessarily like a lot of the indie stuff as much. And, I mean, I've had my own fallout with uh, an indie publisher recently. Mm-hmm. It's just like I want to read my funny books, and it it it's it's just hard sometimes. True that. Remember when Nick Spencer used to give us funny books, and now he just makes yeah. people mad. Did you know about his old political career? No. Yeah, he tried to uh, run for city council down in Cincinnati when they wouldn't let him do a musical concert. And he said a bunch of really shitty things like he's fine with uh, police beating up children to people who are being arrested to stop them. To stop the children. Oh, that's good. Like, yeah, no, there's a whole bunch of shitty stuff that I 
learned about last week in that space where we had our new podcast cards for Exiled Podcast. You mean those cards that are now out of date because of that thing that you did, Luke? It's the original team. Ah. I, I specifically chose to put the original team on there, Devin. Okay. Yeah. But we've spent plenty of time talking about things unrelated to the comic, and I'm already getting hungry because we're recording in the evening instead of during the early morning. So, last time on All-Star Superman, Lex Luthor tricked Superman into getting sun poisoning by flying too close to the sun, and so now his cells have given him increased powers, but he is also going to die in a short amount of time. Lex Luthor has been tried for his multiple crimes and has been sentenced to death. Lois Lane knows that something is up with Superman, but she is not entirely sure what. There is an organization called Project that is working with Superman to try and find a cure if possible. And there is also the people of the Daily Planet. Oh, and Project also discovered something called the Underverse, which brings us to... The first of the six issues we are covering, number seven, because we are covering numbers seven through twelve. So back in the Underverse, which is the reality, sort of under-reality, where Black Kryptonite came from, Dr. Leo Quintum and a research crew are exploring, and they note that they already lost one of their bizarro technicians when they notice something coming closer to them. Meanwhile in space, Superman releases his pet Sun Eater, only to be swarmed by a group of featureless figures, and we see what was rising from the Underverse. It's a square, Earth-like planet. Meanwhile, it's also Christmas time on Earth, and at the Daily Planet Christmas Party, things aren't going super well, and then meteorites start falling into Earth on a freezing cold night. Jimmy Olsen gets worried and tries to convince everyone to go up to the roof of the building, but the team is sort of hesitant because it's negative 10 degrees, which I can't necessarily blame them, but that is when the blanks come in. Oh, and there's meteors crap. coming down, too. What if the meteor hits the roof? Do you if really want meteor... to see Perry White just get obliterated by a meteor? Because you know what? I don't. But they would be fine if the roof was on fire. They don't need no water. That joke is like that's when uh, they... over a decade, like decades old at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's when the uh, blanks start coming in. They grab Allie, who was hosting the party, and the blank that grabbed her turns into a bizarro version of Allie. While Allie starts to lose her features, and she tries to grab someone else before Steve Lombard, who's sort of the gruff big sports macho dude uh, tosses her out the window and strangely even though he touched the bizarro he does not start changing meanwhile we see out in the streets I also there's like how like you know he's not really like no one really dwells on the fact that he just murdered one of his like friends she's already dead I get she's that. half a person out in the streets there is chaos like a murderous Santa chasing children with a knife. 
and uh, we see briefly the other Daily Planet staff have been converted, so instead of doing their jobs, they're destroying the office. And meanwhile, people are panicking on the streets as Superman lands, but it isn't actually Superman, it was a bizarro Superman, who's then followed by the real Superman. Superman asks Bizarro what he's doing, and he reveals his plan is to convert everyone to Bizarros. Jimmy Olsen, meanwhile, led the staff up to the roof of the building where he has hijacked a blimp with his Superman watch because Jimmy Olsen is the greatest, and he calls Project for help, where Dr. Quintum begrudgingly gives him the details because Jimmy Olsen is not supposed to have the number after Jimmy Olsen spent a bunch of their budget when he ran Project last time. And it turns out that the Square Earth is actually a planet-eating planet, which is using the Bizarros as a virus, so they infect people to turn them into more Bizarros, which spread to make even more Bizarros. And luckily, yellow sunlight would make them sick, which is why they're attacking on a Christmas night, but that does not really help the rest of the city, which is being attacked. Superman moves the blimp to relative safety outside of the town, and they make sure to let Superman know that Steve Lombard is immune, which is when Superman scans him and suggests that everyone takes his erectile dysfunction pills. No, it was Comics natural male enhancement, Luke. Maybe he wants a bigger dick. Everybody getting a big dick in this Superman. Mm-hmm. It's Red Dick tonight. And Jimmy, meanwhile, suggests that they make a giant space mirror to reflect the yellow sunlight, so Superman heads off to do so, but not before he gives Lois a card with the ingredients for Bizarro repellent. And he hits one of the mountains on the Bizarro Earth so that the sun comes at it at a different angle, reflecting the yellow sunlight onto the Earth somehow, which kills all of the Bizarros on Earth because Bizarro Earth starts heading back home to the Underverse. So yeah, a bunch of people totally did get murdered. Oh yeah. Like we, like there is that line of maybe a hundred or so Bizarros, and so considering that they're infectious, well, unless they just have to be restored to normal, it's really just not covered at all. Oh, I assume they all died. Yeah. It's dark, but it's like, you can't really save them. Well, except that Superman's whole motto is supposed to be, there's always a way. So, you know, maybe there is a way. But we don't see it but at all. But he doesn't feel like do it, trying to figure out that way today. Well, he does try and uh, save the entire planet from getting eaten by a planet-eating monster and saves more people from getting converted into bizarros. Hey, that's pretty much the exact same choice that I made last night in Mass Effect Andromeda. Me am Wayfinder? Mm-hmm. Or me no am Wayfinder? It's Pathfinder. Me no am Pathfinder Waluigi. <laughs> How is your sexual Waluigi? He's good. He's co- He is flirting with all the ladies. Ooh, man, and some of those Ooh. lines... They are great. On Bizarro Earth, Bizarro Superman surrenders to Superman, but Superman is unable to leave because Bizarro Earth is returning to the Underverse, so the gravity is more intense, 
And the sunlight is now turning red, which has left Superman stranded. So he has to figure out how to ask for help. Bizarro Superman explains that one in every five Bizarros is flawed. And the first one of these flawed Bizarros is one who introduces himself as Zabaro. And unlike the other Bizarros on the planet, Zabaro is independent from the Bizarro Earth and explains that how now it's trying to make more Bizarros based on Superman's memories to try and calm him down. Here's a question and for you, Luke. Zabaro wa- Yes. Do you think that one of those five dysfunctional Bizarros is also named Sabaro? And that that is how we got the pizza franchise? It would explain it, and then they've just recently, like, fired that Sabaro from, like, the CEO of the company because now they're doing really weird things. No, maybe they just made a Bizarro Bizarro. Yeah. So maybe there's, like, Biz Sabaro. Now, now it's kind of like what the like, Worthingtons are doing, how Angel now has no memory, but some of the X-Men children now run the company. They just stuck more Bizarros on the board. <laughs> that explains why they're now expanding out of malls. Like, we have two sort of standalone Sabaros in Yeah, we have one now. of those two. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's like that dog with a human face in the remake of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm-hmm. Today you see it and it's just like, you almost look like a respectful restaurant, but I know that you're not. <laughs> and then you point it, and then when you point it out, all the other people raise their hands and they're like, Aah! I didn't want to make the full-on screech. I hope you appreciate me for that audience. And also Devin's ears. Yep. And so uh, Zabara wants Superman to stay behind because he's the only other intelligent being with self-actualization. And meanwhile, we get to meet Bizarro Jorel, who's also known as Le Raj, King of the Bizarros, who continues to live since Jorel died. Jorel being Superman's father, in case you don't remember. And Jorel is going to end up sacrificing himself. And Superman comes up with a plan inspired by his father to make a spaceship to escape from Earth using the Bizarros. Back on Earth at the Project Headquarters, Lois and Leo Quintum are meeting to discuss Superman's situation, and Leo accidentally reveals that Superman is dying to Lois, and he points out that there is something currently hiding in the sun which they are going to need Superman's help for. Superman tries to teach the Bizarro... Superman tries to convince the Bizarros how to work with him. Yeah, shoot, that's all sort of bad. Superman tries to get... Superman tries to convince the Bizarros to work with him, but he forgets that they're Bizarros, so he has to use Bizarro speech to convince them, so he's like, oh, no, you don't want to help me make a rocket so I can go home. And I feel sorry for anybody who hates Bizarro speech. Like, I think the first time I've tried to read this issue... I just had a really bad headache, and Bizarro Speak does not help with that. No, it doesn't. It's the other reason I don't like reading Thor comics. Because of the verily, verilies? Mm-hmm. And the yeas. And so I, Bizarro sometimes Thor... it's like, I, I, I'm not into that. Like, sometimes it's like, this is too much. So Especially Bizarro back in Thor old comics like when there's more text than there's anything else. So Bizarro Thor is your worst nightmare. Yeah, as basically. far as things you have to read. 
Oh god, yeah. Making a note for exile. Why you just be saying it? I wouldn't have to read it. That's fine. Hmm. Uh, Bizarro has meanwhile brought the greatest heroes of the world to help, like Bizarro Green Lantern, who can make anything he can think of, but he can't think of anything. Or Bizarro Flash, who moves at two inches an hour. Or Bizarro Wonder Woman, who was a baby who got turned into a statue. And they point out that there's no more Bizarro Batman because he was shot by his parents. And that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I forgot that joke. And also, they're all horribly inefficient. Meanwhile, Superman is doing even worse. He's pretty much in like a fever dream state at this point. And Zabaro points out that he's noticed there's only one seat on the rocket. And Superman admits that he needs Zabaro to stay behind, but promises he's going to find a way to reach out to him in the future. And that Zabaro just needs to hold on to hope that he is the first of his kind. As the all-night comes closer, which is the point that Bizarro Earth is going to sink fully into the Underverse, Superman struggles to get to the ship as Lee Raj is prepared to be set on fire. Zabaro realizes that he may be happy. Zabaro realizes then that he may be even unhappier if he got to Superman's world. So he ties Superman onto the ship and takes the match that Bizarro Flash has been spending all his time bringing to them. And then the match is accidentally blown out. So Superman is able to trick Bizarro Superman into throwing him into space. But as the Bizarro Earth sinks, Leo Quintum and Lois don't see Superman escape. When Superman finally lands on Earth, he sees giant crystal spires like those that used to be on Krypton on top of all the buildings. And he returns to work as Clark Kent, where he pretends that he was stuck under a refrigerator for two months, next to two Thanksgiving food baskets and the complete works of Shakespeare, which is pretty great that no one just has any time to call him out on how weird that is. Because they thought he was straight up dead. Agreed. And Lois then lets him know that Earth has two new defenders, Bar-El and Lilo, who are astronauts from Krypton who were lost in space for a long time. And Superman goes to meet them after they saved a town from a volcano, but they scoff at him because he hasn't really remade Earth in Krypton's image. And he follows them back to the Fortress of Solitude where they've moved in, because they're strong enough to lift his key. And they have destroyed the statues of his parents and have generally just been really critical of his plans. They want to make a new Krypton, which includes restoring the bottle city of Kandor, which is the city that Brainiac shrunk, so now you have a bunch of super tiny Kryptonians, as well as releasing the criminals of the Phantom Zone who say who they believe are better than any humans. Superman gets frustrated, so they beat the heck out of him and throw him at the moon so hard that it cracks the moon! And then they toss him back onto Earth and declare Earth to be new Krypton before stealing a bunch of bridges to hold the moon together. Good for you. How would you? Mm-hmm. Like, at Look least at they found a solution. It's just like Lego Batman, except not. Yep. And back at the Daily Planet headquarters, Jimmy Olsen, who's now a Kryptonian fashion fan, 
was hanging out when Steve Lombard straight up tries to light Clark Kent on fire. Which, Steve Lombard should be fired for that shit. I don't know. Maybe, how many times have you watched The Office, Luke? Remember that time that Dwight tried to set The Office on fire? He didn't get fired. But that's because of the people on staff. It's true. Yeah. That's uh, why I like Clark the British office to... better. Ricky Gervais yeah, fucking got fired. Yeah. So uh, Clark is able to flip it around so Steve Lombard's hairpiece catches on fire and that's when Lilo and Barrel show up and demand that Superman reveals himself. But then Lilo faints and then Barrel faints. And Superman discovers that they now have trace amounts of kryptonite in their body due to a radioactive cloud, which is killing them now. Superman offers to help, and they refuse until they start going blind and deaf. And Superman, being a good person, still agrees to help him because he was taught to respect his elders, but he was also taught by his scientist dad not to interfere. So he offers to send them into the Phantom Zone, which they accept, and they will be the law and order, and also live forever. Yay! Yay. It, it's sort of weird what stories they chose to adapt in the movie. Yeah. Because, like, if I recall, they did do the Lilo and Barrel story. But I, I, I feel like so. that one... But I think that one has a lot less to do overall than... Uh, some of the others, like there are. It's been a, bunch a while. Of, yes, yes, they uh, did do the Lilo and Barrel. They did the Lilo and Barrel, and then they did them in the uh, Clark in the prison with Luther. That's the part I really remember. But because that was the part they actually but, like, did. They well. skipped. Yeah, but they skipped the uh, whole Bizarro planet. Yes, and uh, some other stuff, which it, it's weird. So, uh, issue 10 is a really good issue, but it's also weird because a lot of the events happen out of order. Uh, the important thing is that uh, Superman creates a pocket universe with a planet in it that is called Earth-Q, and we'll get to the important part. But he sort of starts off his day by bringing a bus of sick kids to, to us. But he starts off his day by bringing a bus of sick kids to see the pyramids in Egypt. And earlier in the day, he was working on his last Old Testament, and he realizes, and he realizes at this point that he has completed seven of his twelve tasks. He ends up meeting with the uh, Bottle City of Candor Council, along with Doctor Leo Quintum, who weirdly dresses like the original Nightwing, which was not Dick Grayson, but if I recall, it was a Batman costume when they traveled into Candor. No, it was a Jimmy Olsen costume when they traveled into Candor. Because continuity is weird. But uh, they go down to talk. And uh, later on in the day, Superman saves a metro rail car that had been destroyed. Where we see a woman who's trying to talk to a girl named Reagan. Who she's trying to convince that she's been held up. And one of the weird things that they find that's never... No, no. It is resolved. It is resolved. Uh, and one of the things they find in the wreckage after that is a time capsule from the future. But Superman has to go and fight the robot, which is known as 
Mechano Man, which is actually piloted by an old man, and Mechano Man has Lois in its grasp. And Lois reveals that the pilot has Alzheimer's and he's looking for revenge against Lex Luthor for unknown reasons. And Lois also reveals that after Superman has saved her that she went into the robot's path to try and draw Superman out because he hasn't been talking to her. And she reveals that she knows that Superman is dying. And Lois just wants to be with Superman no matter what. And believes that there's always a way because Superman tries to put in some excuses for not wanting to be with her in Bone Town. It's probably and because his disease is probably contagious. My sonitis. Mm-hmm. And that's when Superman... Screens, Clark. Mm-hmm. Don't only blame yourself. And that's when Superman hears Reagan, who doesn't believe that uh, the person she was supposed to meet with, her psychologist, is actually held up. And before she can kill herself, Superman is there to help her just by being there for her. And it's a great panel, and we have in no way, I have in no way done a good job of like explaining how good that is, especially when you read it in the sequence, like in the actual issue itself. Because like that's one that I see shared semi-regularly in my circles. But it's like with Flash context, Luke shared semi-regularly in his circle? Yeah. Because he posted uh, it the other day. Yeah, I posted Correction, it. you time-hopped it the other day. Yeah. Because it's real, real good. But it's like so much better in context when you see... Like, this is something else Superman takes the time to do, along with, like, taking kids out to see the pyramids and fighting giant robots and all this other work that he's doing. And back in the Kandorian chambers, there's been a offer. They basically offer to let anyone from Kandor to live outside the bubble. And five members of the Kandor Emergency Corps uh, accept the offer because they get Superman's powers. And they first want to try and save Superman. At another time, Superman replaces all of the bridges that were broken when the uh, moon was taken over. And on Earth Q, we see that culture has started to form. Superman goes to meet with Lex Luthor and admits that he is dying. And challenges Lex Luthor to do all the good things that he said he would have done if Superman hadn't been in his way. Because Superman believes that there is good in Lex Luthor. And Luther just spits at him. Luther's also getting the death Superman penalty. Yeah, but he also has like three months to live, and he's also in Luther's jail. All talk and no truth. Yeah, but he also is later on like, yeah, I could have solved your cancer with a comb and a cell phone. No, oh, I know he could have so. fixed it. I'm just saying. Luther's so Superman chair. opens up the. So Superman talks to the 24th century descendant, where he gets the message from the time capsule that had been found, and the descendant mentions a rogue solar intelligence system that is coming, and Superman decides to make a new costume to prepare. Earlier with Leo Quintum, uh, he left Kandor, which was still miniaturized on Mars. 
so they could have their own culture and power without really influencing the Earth or being influenced by the Earth. And that was when he saw Mechano Man was attacking and went to go and help, but not before he gave Leo Quintum his genetic code and the ability to turn normal people into Supermen because he perfected that formula. When the Kandor Emergency you, Superman. Mm-hmm. When the Kandor Emergency Corps were unable to help prevent his body dying, he then sent them to try and heal all of the sick children because he really can't come and visit them again in the future. And so in a homage to one of those famous weird Superman covers with the tiny Superman, he just shoots a bunch of Superman-powered people from his hands to cure a bunch of diseases, like cancer. And on Earth-Q, we've been seeing like all of these various steps, like Martin Luther nailing his 99 theses, and uh, Nietzsche coming up with his term for the Superman. And so this final bit that we see is someone else coming up with the idea of Superman. A artist coming up with Superman. The original creators of Superman coming up with Superman. It's a really nice, like, bottle cap moment. Yes. And, uh, before... Yep. And before the end of the day, Lois sits down and sees Superman's gift to Clark Kent. And it is an article just titled Superman Dead, which we saw previously when Jerks from the Future came back. Yep. And as Lex Luthor is being prepared for execution, he notes that Superman isn't there. And because he's still an asshole, they're ready to uh, kill him. And so they turn on the electric chair, but he survives. And it turns out that with his last wish, he got a cocktail to which they didn't know would give him 24 hours of superpowers. And he is able to break free, and I assume he kills everybody there. Probably, it's Lex Luthor. Go mm -hmm. big or go home, Lex Luthor. It, it really depends on the version of Luthor on whether or not he would just straight up kill people. But this version, I wouldn't necessarily put it past him at this point. And... He's got the taste for blood. Mm-hmm. Back in the blood. fortress of Back in the Fortress of Solitude, Superman is cleaning up the gravity stable where the Sun Eater had lived, and he asks Robot Seven and his other robots to look after the Bizarro Zoo with its weird animals, and his collection that has things like Zabaro's poetry, as he then prepares for his final battle. Meanwhile, Luther busts in on his uh niece, Nostalia Luther, in one of his lairs, and he gives her all of his equipment and reveals that the second part of his plan is coming up, that Luther has turned the sun red with help from Solaris, the tyrant's son, which will weaken Superman even more. Superman puts on the suit that he has been preparing, finishes his last will and testament, and then goes with all the robots except for Robot 7, uh, who is staying behind in the fortress, to go and beat the heck out of that robot's son. But... As they attack, and with Superman not being affected by the Red Sun's radiation, uh, Solaris starts to attack by hacking the robots because he is a super advanced computer. And during this attack, one of them reveals that Robot 7 was the one who stole the super formula because he was hacked into, 
and gave it to Lex Luthor, that robot being Robot 7. Suddenly, Superman's Solar Eater appears to attack the living solar computer, and Solaris takes a major hit, stopping the sun from turning red, but in the process, the Sun Eater is killed. Poor old Sun Eatery. Rip Sun Eater. Eater. Mm-hmm. And downtown, Lois and Jimmy are trying to get to Stryker's Island to find out what happened to Luthor, but that's when they run into Nastalia attacking, and then Solaris crashes into the city. Superman talks about how he knows that Solaris is rehabilitated by the 24th century, and tells him this is where it starts before he punches the sun out. But at this point, Solaris reveals that he has poisoned the sun. And Jimmy is able to convince Nastalia to let them live so they can cover the events of her taking over the city. Clark Kent, meanwhile, rushes into the Daily Planet and sends in his final article and faints before Lex Luthor breaks in through the walls with his superpowers. And we see Krypton, where Kal-El is talking to his father about ideas that have been planted into his head. And... Jor-El reveals that Superman is dead and he has been lost. And Superman on this world believes that Krypton had been saved, but his father disagrees, telling him how nothing is really left of Krypton anymore. And how they might be able to escape by being converted into a solar radio consciousness, because no energy or matter is truly destroyed. And he is given the option to live forever as a fluid consciousness or face down evil one last time. Back in the waking world, Luther is gloating over his victory and Lois tries to convince him to think and be aware of his senses. And meanwhile, Jimmy is trying to beam Superman for help with his signal watch, which is pissing off Luther. Back on Krypton... Superman is concerned because he knew he had one more labor, and jor tells him that the work is done, and that after all of the people's struggles are done, they are going to join him in the sun. But Superman still isn't ready, as he sees the world around him being destroyed, and he is brought back to life. Lois, meanwhile, Lois meanwhile reveals that Solaris has double-crossed Luther and poisoned the sun, which will cause the entire Earth to be destroyed. And then she calls Luther an idiot. Luther is really, really not happy about that, and he vows to repair the sun. But Clark wakes back up and asks Luther to start threatening his friends, and then pulls out a gravity gun. And it turns out Superman was pretending to be Superman, pretending to be Clark Kent, which the office really just easily accepts. And Jimmy brings in the Superman suit, the classic red and blue one, and Superman heads off to fight. As Luther and Superman start bantering, Superman reveals that he knew about the Robot 7's betrayal, and that's why he got the gravity gun. As they start fighting, which sends him into the subway, and in the process, Superman gets smacked out because at this point he is pretty much on death's door. Luther drags Superman's body out into the street and tells everyone to bow down to him as he is joined by Nastalia. And Luther finally, with a moment to think about something other than revenge, starts to see the world around him with the super senses. And he sees how the entire world is connected, and it's together. Now everyone has to work together, and that's how Superman always sees the world. And then he notices something else, as Superman gets up and reveals that he has made Luther's 24 hours run out. 
because when he hit Luther with the gravity gun, Luther's body had to compensate, and the excess energy that it used used up the last of that 24 hours of power. And Luther is infuriated and tries to get another vial of super serum as Superman is dissolving. But Superman punches him out and says that Luther could have saved the world years ago if it really mattered to him. Which is a pretty dang good burn. Mm-hmm. Lois, Lois runs to Superman and says that, and Superman reveals that the overdose that Luther made him take is the only reason why he could uh, come back long enough to prevent Luther as his body is now flaking off and turning into energy. And he kisses her goodbye, saying, I love you, Lois Lane, until the end of time. And then he dissolves as he flies back to the sun, restoring it to be alive and yellow. At Superman's memorial service a year later, Lois reveals that the article saying that he was dead was just part of this whole process to get Superman to the point that he needed to be, where he is now an artificial heart for the sun, keeping it alive, and that when he's done, he'll return and we'll get to see him again. And back at Project, Leo Quintum has returned, commenting that Luther seems to be pretty defeated. Now they strangely haven't killed him, and Quintum mentions that no matter what, even if Superman never returns, they'll be prepared, as he stands behind Project's new project, Superman 2. And that is All-Star Superman. Yay. So... You ready for some game theory, Devin? Sure, Luke. Lex Luthor becomes Leo Quintum. Nope. Nope, you're, you're rejecting that? I don't believe you, Luke. It's a fan theory that Morrison said he didn't intend, but that, uh... There's some interesting clues that you can use to put it together though not necessarily evidence if that makes sense you mean like uh, Jar Jar Binks Mm -hmm. come on Luke don't be like those people Grant Morrison is a big fan of that theory that's a stupid theory have you seen what they did to Jar Jar in retaliation Devin what do you mean uh, he pretty uh, in like one of the new novels, they. Oh in yeah. One yeah. Of the new, in one of the new novels, they pretty much said explicitly he dies alone and unhappy. Yeah, no, no, I know what you're talking about. That's canon. Okay. There have been so many canons. Okay, so All Star Superman better than the movie. Yes. Okay. Good, good. Uh, we did have a few questions that uh, came in this week, if you're ready for those. Sure, Luke. Uh, people can questions. send us. Yeah. Well, people can send us questions in at the Twitter at multiversalq.com, uh, at multiversalq on the Twitter. Uh, Xavier Files repeated his question from last week, which was... Uh, would the jumper page be better if Superman just quoted Third Eyed Blind lyrics? No. Yep. 
Uh, Michael B., who is an at not really robot, asked, wait a minute, why is this one for Hank? Why are they all for Hank? That's because Hank died. What a great and, issue uh, that was. It, it was a great, horrible issue. And then, uh, Xavier Fi was also Hank Pym actually, died. That uh, makes it also, but that always makes it great whenever Hank Pym dies, Lou. And then Xavier Fi was also asked, "What other comics fill you with as much hope?" What other comic? What? Uh, what other comics fill you with as much hope as All Star Superman? Um, I like the Jeff Parker Exiled run, and Final Crisis can be really good. Does that fill you with hope? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's good. What 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 comics fill you with hope, Devin? What comics fill me with hope? Pretty sure the night Gwen Stacy died filled me with hope. Because really, it could only get better for him from then on out. <laughs> because everything <laughs> sucks right there. Um, but in actuality, that, I don't know. Certainly, a dark horse choice. Yeah, it was. It, it's hard to say. Yeah, it can is hard I to still say. feel hope? Yeah. Um. Oh, actually, I know which one fills me with hope. Um, the ending of Superior Spider-Man. There's a good one. When Peter gets the body back, and when Otto relinquishes the body, that was great. You gotta give up that body. Gotta give so up that you can booty. Save too. your girlfriend who now hates you. Poor black cat. Oh, not that uh, one. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, that is All Star Superman. Uh, so, not next week, but when we get back to our next numbered episode we are going to be covering the sort of sequel slash prequel which is dc 1 million and that's going to take a while i want to make sure that we do it right for our 100th slash 1 millionth episode so we're going to be doing some more weird stuff for the rest of this month also because i'll be traveling out of country for my brother's wedding so, uh, yeah, if you have anything weird, we'll be getting some multiversal affiliates in again. I am in talks to maybe finally get Devin to uh, sit down and have an interview with uh, Chris Sims. Yeah, it's not going to happen. And, uh, yeah. Only uh, bad so things will happen be... if that happens. Yeah, so we're going to be playing a lot of things by ear. But thank you so much for being with us on this journey for so long oh also i'm going to be doing my first convention panel with who where and what i'll be doing a panel at the pickerington library big comic show on free comic book day in pickerington ohio so oh, nice. uh, more details yeah i'll be talking about a brief introduction to alternate universes because that's how I roll. And also, it's a lot easier to do that than like a hour-long role-playing game segment with people who have no idea how to play the game. 
Correct. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of yeah. alternate universes that just came into comic books that we can hit based on a TV show that I know Luke doesn't watch, we can do that for an episode, Luke. They're now doing a five-issue miniseries on Orphan Black if the one clone did not kill herself in the pilot. I haven't oh, seen that movie yeah. at all. It's a TV show. A TV show at all, yeah. It's great. Okay. Well, uh, let's wrap up. Multiversal Q is a weekly podcast. If you enjoy this podcast that we do, you can support us and our other endeavors on Patreon, which I'll be updating more soon than I had originally planned because of recent shifts. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early episodes of our other podcast, Exiled, and I will work on getting some of the notes up because I have been lax about that. Um... You can find a word about the podcast, and you can also find image galleries, especially when Devin gets those images into me, at multiversalq.com. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Devin, I about the you have to, have to uh, redo that formatting. They're yeah. all still ping and files. Where can people find you online, Devin? You can find me online at Fred Fett. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at, at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G on the Twitter or at LukeHair, dot com, which I'll also need to be updating soon. Luke is just very busy these days. Uh, thank you for joining us on this adventure, whether this is your first episode which would be really weird or your 99th episode or it could really honestly be your like 120th episode because we have done a lot of episodes just not all of them are numbered so thank you for joining us on this journey now let's go keep the sun working this one's for hank